0: Welcome to episode 151 of the Various and Sundry podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the vault studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who has already put up his Christmas tree, John
1: Scott Sloat. Did, did I walk you through... My wife and I's compromise on putting up the Christmas tree. I don't think so. So the compromise was I've always been a solid after Thanksgiving human and my wife has been a – Because you're a reasonable human being. And she has been a after <laughs> uh, Halloween person. Oh, my goodness. So like November, November 1st. 1. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so our, our compromise was after Thanksgiving, unless there's a good snow between Thanksgiving – in Halloween. Wow. If there's a good snow that we agree on, we can put up the Christmas tree. <laughs> okay, that's been right. the that's going to be known as the Slodian compromise. Okay, okay. we've revolutionized marriage at this point. I, I guess so.
0: <laughs> I, I guess I guess our premarital counseling of the two of you has <laughs> has served you well. We don't typically have a chapter on when does the Christmas tree go up. Yeah. But, um, I'm glad to see you worked through that,
1: yeah, and it feels a little when it starts snowing, it starts feeling a little bit more like Christmas, yeah, you know, and so I think that's it for me it's, just, it's like either the parade needs to happen mm-hmm. on the beautiful streets of New York, or yeah, uh, we we need to be cold and snow okay yeah i'm a, i'm i'm pretty pretty firm in my belief that it, it's the Friday after Thanksgiving. What's your – does your wife have a strong conviction either way or does she just sort of go with it?
0: She's just kind of gone with that. Okay. I, I think she could probably be talked into doing it a week earlier or so. The, the, the bigger debate uh, in the past has been Christmas music. Mm. I am a, I am a firm believer in please don't play Christmas music before Thanksgiving because uh, – now, now – the spiritual – I would say spiritual Christmas music you have before, a car before Thanksgiving is discouraged but permitted. <laughs> but but the very secular – No you know, jingle bells. No jingle bells. No rocking around the Christmas tree. Mm. No uh, baby, it's cold outside. But,
1: but Silent Night, yeah?
0: Yeah, I can go with that. Okay.
1: Yeah. Mary, did you know? You start listening to Mary, did you know in no, November? No, because –
0: She knew. (laughs) The Bible tells us she knew. So I don't like that song. (laughs) It's one of those Christmas songs that's pointless to me. Yes, she knew. Yes.
1: She was well aware. She was
0: quite aware based on what the angel had told her. (laughs) Quite aware. So anyway, if you would like to contact the show and tell us about when you put your Christmas tree up, you Mm -hmm. can find us on Twitter at VNSPod. You can email the show, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and on YouTube. And John noted before we went on the air that we have not received recently a five-star
1: rating or a review. Of a late. written review. A written I, review. I don't keep tally of how many ratings we've had okay, day, I, week to week. I, but, I don't either. Um, yeah, a five-star rating. I think it's like May since we've had a okay. review. Yeah, that's – and that, here we are in December. Exactly. Oh, November, excuse me. Well, almost. We're getting there. We're getting, We're getting there. there. Next week. Yes.
0: All right, John. I think let's move on to some sports. Uh, it was a busy weekend in the world of sports.
1: Let's start college football. Did you watch any college football this past week? I did not. OK. No. Although I, I keep an eye on scores usually. Yeah. So I have a, a sense of what happened. Yes. All four of the top teams struggled
0: in mm-hmm. their games. They all managed to win, but they struggled.
1: Um, yes. So um, – I saw TCU and uh, – oh my goodness.
0: Well, the two, the two biggest Michigan. strugglers were TCU and Michigan. Did you see any of the highlights of the end of the TCU game? I did not, no. OK. So quick recap here. TCU is down Eight. They score a touchdown with like two minutes left, go for two, don't get it. So they're down two. They kick off. They force Baylor into a three and out. They get the ball back. They march down the field. They have no timeouts left. Okay. They have like a third and eight at like the Baylor. Oh, gosh. Probably like the Baylor 35. So on the edge of field goal range. Yeah. Remember, they have no timeouts. They have about 30, maybe, no, maybe like 25 seconds left, 23 seconds left. This is third down in like eight. They run the ball. Don't get a first down. So the clock is running. They race their field goal unit out, snap the ball, guy kicks it through the uprights in the fire drill. It oh, was, it really was remarkable. They win by one, 29-28, keeping their playoff hopes alive. Uh also escaping on a last-minute field goal, the team up
1: north. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was following – because that was happening simultaneously. Like that yes, – those they, games were – They were down uh, 17-16 and um, kicked
0: a field goal with nine seconds left to win 19-17 over Illinois. Um, now, they were missing uh, several key players. So in fairness to them. Uh, and they lost their their best running back, Blake Corum, Heisman candidate. He hurt his knee in the first half, came back for one play in the second half, and then they sat him the rest of the game. Hmm. So hard to know what his availability is going to be. I'm assuming he's going to play next weekend. Yeah, against Ohio I'd State. assume so. But um, yeah, they uh, they did not look very good. Um, so uh, and then, in fairness, Ohio State, not their best performance. They struggled a bit. They um, trailed at half and – Who did they have? Maryland? Maryland. OK. At Maryland. They ended up winning 43 – yeah, 43 to 30. But that score doesn't tell you how close the game was. Ohio State was up three with – very late in the game. They possessed the ball for a good chunk until about the – they kicked a field goal with like 45 seconds left to go up six. Kicked off to Maryland, sacked him two consecutive plays. On the second play, it was a strip sack. The ball pops up into the air into the waiting arms of an Ohio State linebacker named Steel Chambers. Steel Chambers. Great name.
1: Yeah, that is a good name. Who
0: like he he like caught the f- fumble in the air at like the half yard line. Feels, feels like in. he's
1: born to be a stealer,
0: doesn't it? You would think. You would think. So he actually came to Ohio State as a running back. And switched positions. He played both in, in high school, but hmm. switched over to play running back.
1: So, Interesting. Uh, the other notable college football game, Tennessee got
0: absolutely obliterated.
1: Yeah, I saw that one this morning. Any idea what happened there? Was there an injury? No, their defense is just terrible. And it finally got wow. exposed. So
0: they are officially eliminated from playoff consideration. Spencer Rattler. Yes, yes. Lit him up. Um, so, of course, this upcoming weekend is the game mm-hmm. and it's in Columbus and I think the initial spread was like – I saw one place had seven and a half, another place had eight and a half. I think it will probably stabilize around – price six to seven. Buddy. OK. So um, I have no idea what to expect. Both teams have played weirdly lately. Like they're mm. not – neither team is like coming in like yeah. in a groove, like really in a rhythm. Both Both have injuries at the running back position – Weather forecast is uh, like mid-40s with, uh, you know, like 15-mile-an-hour winds and a chance of showers kind of thing. So not the ideal conditions for a passing attack like Ohio State. So who knows? I will say that if Michigan does not have Blake Corum, their best running back, I think they're in pretty serious trouble. Hmm. Though if they have their backup, David Edwards, he's
1: he's pretty good as well. But in any case. And we'll – are we are we going to be breaking down that game? Maybe. Are you good with recording on Sunday? we yeah we're going to have to. Okay. Yeah.
0: See. Yeah, you're going to be out of town next week. I leave Monday morning. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we're going to have to do a uh, a virtual studio recording probably Sunday, Sunday night I think. To, yeah, probably to get that in. So anyway, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Everything's in front of uh, Ohio State here. I think now that Tennessee lost there's a much better chance that the loser of the Ohio State Michigan game makes it in makes saw, it into uh, the yeah. playoffs. I was reading that. There's yeah. still a chance. Um now you you can't get blown out. Like mm-hmm. you got to you got to keep it close. Like it's yeah. got to be like a under a 10-point game
1: I think either way to And the only place they would meet would be the the championship, right? Yeah, cuz they would move um
0: yeah, they would like they would probably end up being like seated two and four or something like that. Yeah. So they would only meet in the in the uh, title game. So yes, uh, a lot of potential scenarios to break down for the college football playoff. Um, but uh, we'll let it play out. Another big game was USC beating UCLA, staying alive in the college football playoff race. If they win mm-hmm. out, I think they're getting in. Um, And they have Notre Dame this weekend. That'll be a good game. That's a big game. And then the following week, they will have Oregon, I think, in the oh, Pac-12 championship. Be another good game. So if they win those two games, I think they will get in. Yeah, those are two quality wins. And so if TCU wins out, they will get in. I'm not convinced they'll necessarily win out. And then you'll get an interesting little dilemma there of as to who's going to make it in. Let's move on to the NFL. And uh, what,
1: what happened to your Jets? Oh, my goodness. Well – there's so many little storylines <laughs> uh, so let I'll start on the defense they played incredible yeah they held uh, the
0: Patriots to three points had, until
1: the very end yes uh special teams gave up that right. touchdown yes. not the defense yes that's true. uh <laughs> yes so they held the Patriots to three points yeah now their field goal kicker missed a couple of uh field goals the Patriots kicker mm-hmm. yeah Nick yeah. Nick Folk yeah. Um, who knew he was on the Patriots? Um, but uh, yeah, so they uh, – they defense played really well. I think we sacked Jones like six or seven times in the game. Yeah. However, <laughs> there's the other side of the ball with uh, my least favorite Mormon. I was going right to ask now. if
0: he was still your favorite Mormon.
1: I don't know what they're teaching in that religion, but humility <laughs> is not part of it. Uh he, he – yeah, after the game, he had uh, – the Jets' offense had two yards in the second half. Yes. Two yards. Uh, Zach Wilson's completion percentage was well under 50 percent. Mm-hmm. It was bad. Yes. It was very bad. And they asked him if he felt like he let the defense down in the press conference. How do you answer that question?
0: Oh, absolutely. You, abs- you answer it. I absolutely let, let my – I let my whole team down. I need to learn to get better in those situations. It's – I'm still growing into this position, but it falls on me. I'm the quarterback of this team.
1: And so uh, I take responsibility for this loss. He was 9 for 22. Yeah. 9 for 22. And do you know what he blamed? The wind. Okay. You know who didn't blame the wind and threw quite effectively? Mac Jones. With noodle arm Mac Jones. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> twenty three for twenty seven. Okay. Yeah. It was. It was. It was awful. Okay. Um, now I will say we couldn't get the running game going. We couldn't get. There. There were other things going on. Sure. But Zach Wilson has to take responsibility. Uh, the fan base is ready for a new quarterback. That's part of the gig. Is the quarterback. You take yes. the responsibility for the loss in that
0: situation. Even yes. if it's not your fault. Even if your defense goes out and gives up thirty five points. You walk into that press conference and you say,
1: we have to be better on offense. Do you know who in the press conference took the blame for that game? Who? The, uh, the special team's captain. <laughs> <laughs> said, we got to be better. We got to make tackles. We got to get that guy down by the – and yeah. the punter came out and said, I got to kick that ball out of bounds. I can't put yes. that in play. Yeah. How? And I'm like, OK. Those are areas you could improve. You got to throw for better than nine for twenty-two. Agreed, agreed.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, for those who may not know, the game was tied three-three. They they turned to it on I think it was CBS. CBS, yeah. And I had not followed the score at all, and I'm like, that scores three-three, and there's a minute fifty-three left in the fourth quarter. What is going on? So the oh, it was bad. Yeah, and the, and the Jets were trying to do this dance of like we kind of want to try to score, but we want to make sure we don't leave time on the clock. But yep. When they punted the ball, there was like what sixteen seconds left or something like something that. Something like that. Yep. And instead of kicking it out of bounds, they kick it, and they did directional punt. It wasn't in the middle of the field. It was towards the left sideline. So, but just poor coverage. Yep. Missed some tackles. Got out of lanes. Now there was maybe a
1: questionable block in the back late in that return. You got it. You got a th- nine for twenty-two. Yeah. I, you know, I'm just going to yeah. keep coming back to that. Yeah. You got to be better than that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You got to be better than 9 for 22. Yes. Um, And we have the Bears this weekend. Okay. At one o'clock. Hopefully, a live game here in the northern Indiana area. Yeah, I would think you got a good chance of getting getting that one. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yes, the Jets' uh, defense is incredible. Yeah. And that offense is just based upon how high Zach Wilson wants to fly. Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, One other NFL note.
0: This got you almost as salty as this Oh, loss. I was so mad about this. Tex- I was so excited. You texted me, I think it was like Thursday or Friday about this game between the Bills and the Browns. Oh, the Bills so are going to host and Buffalo got hit with something like over 6 feet. Yeah. Feet. Feet of snow. of snow.
1: Yeah, Nick Chubb of the Browns is 5'11. And so
0: on Friday, I think they announced we're moving the game to Detroit. I was so upset. Because Detroit, they must have had a road game or they didn't play. Yeah, they were either on a buy or on the road, one of the two. And you know, Detroit has an indoor stadium. so And still geographically close enough that mm-hmm. people from both teams could make it up there. And I have no idea what kind of fan. But they, I saw they were selling tickets for like 20
1: bucks. There was a question mark on whether the Bills would be able to get out of Buffalo. Yeah. And they did. They got out. Yeah. So uh, – but that made you quite salty. Oh, I was so looking forward. <laughs> I love the heavy snow games and watching like – there was 250 yards rushing, six points scored, yeah. no field goals, you know. Yeah. OK. Did you see pictures of the Notre Dame-Boston College game on I Saturday? Saw, yeah. I saw a few photos from that. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it's crazy because like the first quarter – like they showed – I saw this uh, post on Twitter where it showed a picture from the first quarter. Looks normal. And then second quarter, is like, oh, uh, looking a little like hazy. Third quarter, they're playing in like not quite blizzard conditions, but like snow and blowing and everything like that. Squall conditions. Yeah. And uh, people who went to the game were saying, yeah, we couldn't even see what was going on on the field. We were up in the stands, could not see what was happening yeah. on the field.
1: Have you ever been to a snowy football game before? No, not like that. No. So I, me and my dad went to, uh, it was steelers bears And- Those two
0: teams should play a snow game.
1: So if you sit in PNC, or PNC, excuse me, well- I don't know what it's called. Formerly Hines. Yeah, Hines Field. I don't know what it is now. But there's like, off off in the open end zone, there's like Washington, I think it's Washington Mountain right there. And you can see it clear as day in that snow. You could not see it. I could not see the other side of the stadium. All you could see is like Jerome Bettis (laughs) running up the sideline and people just bouncing off him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was great. It was great. The bus It was cold. It was very, very cold and yeah. wet. Were you properly attired? Yes. Yes. I had many, many coats on. Okay. Yeah. A man of many coats. A man with of many a, coats. And many yes. colors of those coats. And. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, um, yeah.
0: So they ended up playing in Detroit and the Bills ended up winning comfortably, I think. Um. One other sports note, obviously NBA and college football, uh, college basketball are underway, but not really paying much attention to them at this yeah, stage. Yeah, I keep getting updates from them and I'm just like, eh. Wait, wait till really. January. Yeah. Uh, or Christmas Day. I think Christmas Day is kind of a – because there's they put five NBA games That's on. That's right. And they start at noon. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is the World Cup – is starting. Uh, we're recording on a Monday as we normally do. So actually, the United States plays at two. Yes. So um, right when we're about done here, the what US, time is it? So in about thirty minutes. Yeah, the USA will will uh, will kick off and uh, against Wales. Yeah, got got some. I really know nothing about who's good, other
1: than like I assume like Brazil. Brazil's always good. Argentina, Portugal. Are they? Uh, yeah, Portugal is always pretty good for being such a small nation. The United States always gets bolstered <laughs> around this time because they want viewers. Yeah, um, from the United States, but uh, they never, they never do well. Yeah. Now, see,
0: growing up, I, I soccer was like nowhere on my radar. Growing up, mm-hmm. our high school did not have a soccer team until probably at least ten years after I graduated from high school. So wow. it wasn't even on the radar. Wow. I mean, there were like youth soccer leagues, but you know, it wasn't. Was not a really a popular thing. Yeah. So I did, I remember the first time I understood that the World Cup was actually like a big deal was I was on a summer mission project in Albania in 1994. That have been a World Cup year, would not yeah. it? Yep. yep. And um, we're in this in this mountainous village. There's like one TV in the entire village mm-hmm. in this kind of like bar slash you know convenience store kind of place. 'Cause this is the guy that's got the one satellite dish. Mm-hmm. And there's like it's like a twenty-five inch sort of color TV. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. And um I mean it felt like the entire village was crammed around that TV. And it's not like Albania was in it. It was but they were just, you know, they were invested in it. It's like okay, this is a big deal. I am in the middle of absolutely nowhere
1: and a whole village is gathered around a television. So when I when I realized the World Cup was a big deal, I think I, I was probably in high school. I learned that the World Cup was the number one watched sporting event in the world, which wasn't yes. surprising to me. Yeah, um, I expected the World Cup to, to be that. The second most watched sporting event in the world is the drawing for the World Cup. <laughs> that's when I went, OK, this is huge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I expected it to be the Super Bowl, the Olympics, something. Right. But the drawing mm-hmm. for the World Cup. Yeah. That's why. Um, also, we should mention Qatar is hosting. Yes, uh, a country that until this World Cup did not have an airport big enough to accommodate uh, all all these teams flying in. Yeah, nor the hotels, uh, nor stadiums.
0: Yes, and the whole reason it's in November and December is because of the unbearable heat of the, well, the summer. The climate, right? Yeah. Right, because normally this is a summer event. This is normally like a July kind of yeah. thing, and they moved it to November because July in, in Qatar is uh, <laughs> just insane in terms. Not of not that I've ever been there, yeah. but uh, yeah.
1: but there there are estimates that thousands have died building stadiums, hotels, and yeah. and extending the airport to make this happen, and it's all because it seems to be all because the Emir, the local Emirati are paying uh, the FIFA, are, are, are yeah. bribing them. Yeah. Yeah,
0: the corruption level at FIFA is... The corruption and the human <laughs> rights violations yeah, are, are massive. Massive. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. You ready to move on, John? Sure. So in light of it being um, the week of Thanksgiving, we are just going to talk about gratitude. Gratitude and um you know there's a sense in which thanksgiving is not explicitly a spiritual or religious holiday it mm-hmm. is a secular holiday acknowledging an event within american history that you know has been told and retold and no doubt has layers of apocryphal tradition connected to it but at the end of the day um it is it is a good thing that we as Christians and as a, as a country in general pause to uh, reflect on uh, things to be grateful for. And um, actually before we jump into that, I was going to ask you, does your family or do you have any Thanksgiving traditions? Like what does a typical Thanksgiving celebration look like for – now I know you you and Andrea have been married now just – over two years, mm-hmm. two and a half, yeah. So uh, you and there's been COVID in there, so you may not have necessarily fully established what
1: your a good rhythm rhythm is. But what what's it look like? Uh, I, I mean, I think everybody answers this question. Well, it's pretty standard, and you know, so that's the start of mine. Is it's pretty standard. Uh, I think some of the unique wrinkles are, um, I always do the turkey cooking uh, these days for. For this this past Thanksgiving, I did it for my in laws for the first time. Okay, gotta uh, get,
0: gotta get that smoker out. Yeah, and,
1: uh, yeah. Okay, and I do, you've never had my turkey because let's no. be real, other than holidays, there's not there's not really an occasion to do a turkey. Right.
0: No, we didn't have. Well, I mean, we have spent some
1: sort of thing. We've we've spent the Friday after Thanksgiving yeah, the day together, after but Thanksgiving. we've not done turkey like smoked turkey. Yeah, like that. yeah. So um, I always smoke the turkey. Uh, there's usually I've done I've done the whole meal before by myself, uh, which is which That's is impressive. a lot. I yeah. enjoy that. I, I have okay. a lot of fun. I did it all on the smoker, all those things. It I was think a I've blast. had one of your smoked pumpkin
0: pies before.
1: Yes, yes, I would have brought that to your house for the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was amazing. Anyway, um, I really enjoy that and, and putting it all in the smoker. Uh, I think the smoke gives you know stuffing in particular, like oh, that yeah. bread soaks up that smoky. F- anyway, yeah. Uh, so I really enjoy that. But normally there's a good bit of football, mm-hmm. there's a good bit of uh movie watching, there's a game, maybe a puzzle. Yeah. Stuff like that happens. Okay. So yeah, that's a pretty standard Thanksgiving, you know, avid indoors people. Okay. So we're not venturing out to play football or anything. And is
0: there again, as I mentioned, you've only been married two and a half years. Is there a standard like how do you divide the time up between
1: Andrea's side and yeah. your side? Is there has has a pattern emerged? Yeah. So our pattern is um, we we either do um, we do Thanksgiving with one set of the, one side of the family and Christmas with the other, and then we flip the next year. Okay. Um, so my brother established that, and we just sort of follow along with him. Okay. Yeah. How about you guys? Any any interesting? So Thanksgiving we always spend with my parents and
0: my sister and her husband and her kids. So you drive out to, to Napoleon Ohio, to Napoleon Ohio. Yes, that's right. And um we uh, we have a noon meal. There's always turkey right at noon? Uh pretty close. Okay. Noon between noon and 12:30. Yeah. Okay. Um and um you know, there's the traditional stuffing and turkey and sometimes we have ham, other times not. There's the cheesy potato casserole, mm, so good, <laughs> and um, who does the cooking for this? My mom, okay, she hosts, and so she does ninety to ninety five percent of the cooking for that so and then um and then desserts, usually a pumpkin pie, an apple pie, some oreo desserts it's
1: how many desserts do you usually have on Thanksgiving? Uh,
0: I usually have just one. but one,
1: a, one slice of pie?
0: I typically actually go for the Oreo cookie dessert. OK. So if I double up, I'll go pumpkin pie and that. Yeah. So, yes. Um, so, yes, we do go to Ohio for that. Kate's parents live too far away. Sure. And so we always do Christmas with them. Uh, And then we just celebrate Christmas with my side of the family like a week before Christmas. We'll go up on a Saturday and have a meal and exchange gifts and that sort of thing. Nice. So, uh, yeah, always some football on. uh, Occasionally a game is played. Um, Yeah. So, again, kind of falling broadly into the standard uh, kind of celebration stuff I think. Yeah. So – and Jake's girlfriend, Autumn, is going with us this year. Oh. Yeah.
1: This is the first time she's met the the grandparents? She
0: has met my parents before, but she's not met my sister and her husband and kids.
1: OK. So, Wow. Yeah. Now, will you guys stop for pizza on the way home?
0: Now, see, here's the thing. Our favorite pizza place in Napoleon is closed on Thanksgiving. <sighs> so we can't get. That's a shame. Yeah. I mean, what we what we sometimes do is we'll ask my mom to get one the night before and, mm. then, you know, do it that way, but okay. Anyway, I do want to talk about gratitude, uh, and you know, I, I think growing up, you know, you obviously your parents try to teach you to be thankful and grateful for things. I mean, that's just sort of a basic kind of virtue that even non Christians embrace. As it's good to have gratitude. It's that's good to po- be thankful. A it's a thing. positive thing. The world's a better place when you show gratitude. But I remember being struck the first time. Uh, about the importance of gratitude when reading Romans 1. And so in Romans 1, Paul is talking about uh, human rebellion. And it's it's interesting uh, that he says this in uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 21. He says, for although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So Paul does this amazing thing where he basically puts it right at the heart of human rebellion mm-hmm. was a lack of gratitude to God. Which if that doesn't tell you how important gratitude is, then I'm not sure what else will. I mean we, we think a lot about – you know even in our exploring the Bible class here, when we talk about what's, what's at the heart of human rebellion. We don't tend to talk about lack of gratitude. Yeah. We talk about we talk about rebellion in general. We talk about idolatry. We talk about um, you know autonomy, asserting one's own uh, authority, and that sort of thing. Failure to, to protect the garden there yeah. in Genesis three. Yeah. yeah, but gratitude doesn't tend to make it on that list, and maybe it should. But um, you know, it matters to God that we demonstrate gratitude not only to Him, yeah. which obviously is first and foremost. But that we demonstrate gratitude towards others, that we're, we that we express gratitude uh, to others. So, you know, again, it can seem it can seem trite. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Thanksgiving time. What are you grat- What are you grateful for? Well, it can be done in a trite way, but it, but it's hard. It's not trite at all. It's really important. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's
1: just talk about some things we're grateful for. Um, you want to go first, throw one out there and then we can sure, sure, kind of bounce back and forth. Um, one, I, one I'd throw out, and I think maybe, maybe the one that comes most easily to mind uh, is you know, one thing that uh, uh, that, we've been, that I've been thinking about for a while is, is what's next, what's um, professionally. And so this last year uh, provided me a new job. Uh, and so I'm very grateful for that job, and I, I took that job at a bit of a risk, not knowing who my coworkers or supervisor would be. Yeah. Uh, and so that's the, the Lord's worked that out in good ways, and yes. uh, and so very grateful for my new job and my my new coworkers.
0: Yes, and I will piggyback onto that and say I am grateful that it kept you here. Yeah. <laughs> so that you were able to pursue a new path vocationally. Yeah. But still stay here within the Grace family. Well, could you imagine trying to do the podcast if I didn't work here? Uh, I don't want to contemplate that. (laughs) I don't want to contemplate that because that that would almost certainly put an end
1: to the weekly streak we have going.
0: Going strong at 151 weeks. That's something to be grateful for.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Is that yours? Is it my turn again? No, 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 no. No.
0: Along vocational lines, um, I, I will I will express uh, just my thankfulness for uh, God's Word and connected with that, the fact that I get to spend so much time studying God's Word.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I have to do other things in connection with my job. But really, at the heart of it is studying and explaining and applying God's Word. What a remarkable way to spend one's life. And to get to do that um, both individually, privately in terms of in the study, writing and researching and that sort of thing, but then getting the opportunity to to help others see what's
1: in Scripture.
0: What, what, What a remarkable way to spend one's life
1: you know i'm I'm in the middle of reading a biography of Martin Luther, a relatively new biography of Martin Luther, and they talk about when he had more menial tasks to do, like writing mm-hmm. letters and doing these different things, and how much he just despised it <laughs> um, and how he much he would have hated email yeah, yeah, he really <laughs> would have um, I'm not sure he would have been big on the cell phone in general, <laughs> probably not. Uh, but, how much he loved to exegete, how much he loved to dig into god 's word and study, yeah, yeah, and the fact that um you
0: know i I get to devote so much of my time and energy to that is
1: is something I am deeply grateful for let 's bounce back to you what do you got um i'm i 'm going to say my wife, but i 'm going to do a, a particular area, and i 'll mention a couple of things her diligence mm mm-hmm. Um so my wife studied for a big test uh yeah. this year, probably more like 18 months. Uh and we just got word she passed. Uh yeah. so that was that was I mean just huge. Uh yeah. that was uh, very exciting because she doesn't have to take it again. Uh and so it's we're we were very, very excited. She got a very good score. So good. we were super excited. And her diligence and just uh I don't have the photo with me, otherwise I'd show you, but this is an audio medium. Um like Maybe 18 inches tall of flashcards with like six (laughs) and seven things to memorize on each flashcard as well as all the printed material she had to go through and figure out. Mm -hmm. And she was just wildly diligent and studying. And you want to know what? That's the person you want filling your drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Right? You want the wildly diligent person doing that. Yes, absolutely. But she's diligent in other ways as well. She is a – Incredible gift giver, and so uh, we have to budget a good amount of money for my wife to be able to buy gifts for people. So, yeah. and she, so she's very diligent in the in the gift giving department. Yes, um, and some of them are being made currently in our house. Oh. so she's very crafty with those things. Okay, and, and crafty in the best way possible. Yes, um,
0: not in the way the serpent was crafty. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> More in like – anyway, uh, but just my wife's diligence, just very thankful. Yeah, that is is one of her
0: many admirable qualities for Mm -hmm. sure. I I too am going to uh, highlight my wife and uh, highlight her her servant heart. Hmm. My wife is incredibly servant-hearted and um, very much enjoys uh, serving others, does so self-sacrificially. Uh, loves to feed people, loves to host people in our home. Um, I mean we've got two – in addition to our own college-age son, we have two other college-aged men living in our house. And um, she very much has a a servant's heart and enjoys hosting people, making people feel welcome and comfortable. And um, it's certainly one of her most noteworthy uh, character traits, and uh, you have benefited from yeah, that. Yeah, I was about to say, as a recipient <laughs> of that for years, I am also... Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I have a friend who likes to say, I have the gift of receiving hospitality. <laughs> <laughs> well, my wife certainly has the gift of, of giving it, so I'm, I'm grateful for that. I, I, along with many others, benefit from that.
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You got another one? Uh, Let's go one more each because we're running out of time.
1: Here, uh, yeah, I will mention um, something that I'm thankful for. Uh, just pretty basic is my new job allows me to travel quite a bit, and I, mm-hmm. I enjoy that. I love yeah. getting to an airport and jet-setting somewhere and driving around and meeting with people. That's, yeah. been, that's been great. Um, Airports are fascinating places to people watch. Oh, yeah. It is, it is
0: remarkable just to sit and watch people.
1: To put on some headphones and just yeah. walk around. And, you know, with with phones today, you don't have to listen to announcements. They tell yeah. you when to board, yeah. all those things. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just just walk around, watch people find interesting things to do at, yeah. uh, at airports. So, for sure. For yeah, sure. I'm, I'm very grateful I get to do that. Yep.
0: Uh, I'm going to end with um, I'm grateful for um, my students. And uh, this year uh, I'm teaching beginning Greek for the first time in three or four years, I think. now. Yeah, you, four, you, four years. I did you, the last three. You've been doing yeah. that uh, for us and just because of – Job changes and other responsibilities I've had to step back in. And one of the great benefits of doing that is um, getting to carry most of them through the whole year. So you get beginning Greek 1, beginning Greek 2, and then I get them in Greek exegesis 1 and Greek exegesis Mm -hmm. 2. And when you have that same small group of students throughout a whole academic year, you get to know them a lot better. Yeah. And one of the downsides of our academic schedule here is that with the seven and a half week sessions, when you have a class of twenty five, thirty, thirty five students, they're hard to get to know. It's hard to get to know them, and then you switch. But when you've got a Greek class of fifteen students, and you've got them all four sessions of the year, uh, it's great to get to know them, and um, it's it's fun to be able to. Know, get to know them academically, but well beyond the academics, sure. and uh, you know, see how God has gifted them. Hear about the struggles going on in their life, and how they're trying to trust the Lord through that. And and uh, yeah, I I am grateful for the students that we have. So, well, I think there are, are certainly we could talk much longer about things we are grateful for, but I think it's probably time to move on. Don't you think? Sounds good.
1: It is time now for This Day in Sports History. All right. Uh, 1950, before a crowd of 7,021. Yeah. The Fort Wayne Pistons classic. mm mm-hmm. uh, Edge, the mini- Minneapolis Lakers, uh, 19 to 18. Yes. Wow. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was a typo at nope. first. I thought I jumped into a new year. um. Nope. At the Minneapolis Auditorium, uh, the lowest ever NBA score of thirty-seven points combined. Yeah, that was a Zach Wilson-like performance. (laughs) Indeed, yeah, that had to be before the shot
0: clock, and probably before the three-point line, I would think too. So yes, before um, I think so.
1: Yes, because
0: uh, uh, well, the three-point line was a result of the ABA doing it right, I think. Yeah, and then the NBA adopted it from Mm -hmm. them.
1: Uh, 1966, uh, Florida quarterback Steve Spurrier, wow, uh, wins the 32nd Heisman Trophy Award. Yeah. Did you know he was a Heisman Trophy winner? I did not. Okay. I did not. Yeah. I figured he was like most college coaches and was pretty much a no-name through college football. Okay. So, uh, 1986, 20-year-old Mike Tyson, this may not end well. Um <laughs> Becomes youngest heavyweight champion in boxing history uh, when he stops uh, title holder Trevor Berbick. I'd go Berbick on that. Berbick in round two uh, at the Las Vegas Hilton to earn the WBC title. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Berbick. Berbick. Uh, Mike Tyson. Man, what a guy. What a voice. Yep. <laughs> Well, I, I heard an interview with Mike Tyson probably two or three years ago and the interviewer's asking him like, Mike, I, I hear something in the back. This is on national radio. What are you doing? Eating cereal? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, uh, 91. Uh, the New York Knicks pay Patrick Ewing a record $18.8 million for a two-year extension. Honestly, looking at that, does not seem that, bad? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's all
0: about proportionality, right? I mean, today, an $18.8 million contract um, would not even put you you for two years. So you're getting paid $9.4 million a year. That's like the veteran's minimum now. Yeah. That's like maybe what you pay the eighth guy on the roster these days. Uh,
1: 2008, OSU beats uh, a school uh, 42 to 7 (laughs) in Columbus. That team up north. Yes. Behind two touchdown passes from Terrell Pryor uh, and 134 rushing yards from Beanie Wells. Beanie Wells. Beanie Wells. Yes. Um. Yeah. I, I imagine that game wasn't much worth watching after halftime. I, I mean, if you're an Ohio State fan. Sure. It was sure. a lot of fun. Yeah. Sure. Uh, Terrell Pryor. Good NFL wide receiver.
0: Yeah. He had a weird career in that he came into the league, tried to play quarterback, didn't have any real success, and changed – like you just don't see that. Yeah. He changed positions to wide receiver and I think he had at least one season where he was a a 1,000-yard receiving guy. That's incredible.
1: Yeah. Uh, 2013, Norwegian, Mangus Carlsen. Magnus. What did I say? Mangus? Yeah. Magnus. Carlson defeats Viswathian Anand to win the 2013 World Chess Championship. Uh, I believe that
0: would be Viswanathan or Viswanathan Anand.
1: I think I got that like <laughs> 85, 90% right. I think you're being a generous grader right um, now. <laughs> I don't think the World Chess Championship qualifies as a sport. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I just put that on oh. there to force you to read the name.
1: Oh, I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there, there's no real serious consideration of that one making it, but yeah. I always have an eye out for the uh
1: for the those. odd name. Yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Okay.
1: So, um got quite a few this week. Who you got? I mean, I'm probably the Fort Wayne Pistons and the and the Lakers. If anything, just for the old team names. Yeah. Yep. I can go with that. I can go with that. I mean I'd be partial
0: to the uh, OSU beatdown of that team up north. But I can go with, the, I can go with sure. the Pistons.
1: I can go with the Pistons. All right. One thing you liked? The Fort Wayne Pistons. That's right. Um, uh, my wife getting word that her test has passed. Yeah. We jumped around our living room for about 15 minutes. In okay. Excitement, so. That is very yes. exciting.
0: I, I know that was a a long haul for her in terms of studying and then waiting because
1: she had to wait. 60 days. Oof. 60 days. And you want to know what? We got – we were told – so she checked the website Friday afternoon and it said results will be posted Monday. And then she started getting text on Saturday morning like results are in, results are in, results are in. And we went and checked on Saturday. They were there. Okay. So, yes, we were very excited. Uh, We got official word she passed. Yeah, it's a big deal. Congratulations. we can can relax and it's good for like – 2029 20, or something like that okay. so so did you do anything in particular to celebrate go us go out for a nice meal yeah uh, we have went, a fine beverage we went we went out for dinner that night um we were gonna go out for ice cream but it was so cold yeah <laughs> and one ice cream so uh yeah we just celebrated that way okay went out to dinner gotcha excellent well, for
0: me, uh, I was in Denver last week for the ETS conference, the Evangelical Theological Society conference, mm-hmm. and uh, getting to room with my good
1: friend Ben Glad. Good I think week. it's funny that you guys split a room yeah, it's at, fun. at ETS every it's, year. Yeah,
0: it's uh, there's a lot of laughter um, and, uh, and getting to uh, go out to dinner. There's uh, a publisher that has started a tradition of taking myself and Ben – and G.K. Beal, Greg Beal, mm-hmm. and uh, Mike Morales out for dinner on their dime. That's great. Yeah, and it's it's Mexican food. If we can find a Mexican food place, we go there.
1: I think any time I've been with Ben, it's been a Mexican food place. He's, He's a big see? Mexican. Food Is he? Fan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So um,
0: meals out with with guys like that, and uh, I moderated a a session. Of papers talking about the Old Testament use of the Old Testament, and hmm. so that's obviously my wheelhouse. Uh, so that was fun, um, and just reconnecting with friends uh, that teach in the Guild elsewhere, and having productive meetings with um, different publishing houses
1: and editors, and those sorts of things. Do you so, guys vote on things at ETS? Is there like a yeah? There is like a business meeting component re- resolutions. Oh or? yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Anything anything big in that arena? No, not okay, this year. okay.
0: I rarely attend it because it's often very pedestrian sort of stuff. I bet, I'm just yeah, not, not that interested. But, um, so yeah, it was really, uh, really good. Um, and I mean, Denver was cold; it was snowy, mm. uh, cold. But, um, yeah, it was just a a rich time of catching up with folks, and it's nice being at the conference. And uh, you know, I I did some uh, video for Crossway. To promote my book that's coming out in February on Second Peter and Jude, so that was fun to do that with them. Crossway is amazing, so. But yeah, that's uh, that is my one thing I liked. So John, we have talked college football, pro football.
1: We've talked a little bit of World Cup. Human, human rights violations. Yes.
0: We, we've we talked about when the right time is to put up the uh, Christmas tree and discovered the Slotian Compromise. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. We have talked about gratitude, uh, why it matters. We have talked about uh, things that people we are grateful for. We've talked about the lowest scoring game in NBA history. We've talked about your wife uh, passing that important test. And we've talked about conference, and so I think by definition, we have covered our various and sundry topics, and so all that's left to say is, until next time, the Lord bless y'all real good. Later!